My name is Jessica Owen and I am the Deputy Digital Editor at WTIN and this is the WTIN Podcast. Join me over the next few weeks as I'm joined by an array of guests as we talk about the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and how the textile and apparel industry is responding. Today, I am joined by Flora Davidson, who is the co-founder of Supply Compass. We talk about the textile supply chain and how it's been affected and how we should be using this time to reflect on what companies could do differently in future. Right, well, good morning, Flora, and welcome to the WTIM podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, So now you and your co-founders have set up the business Supply Compass um, to essentially empower fashion and textile brands to design and deliver products better through your digital supply chain platform. Um, Now, in a time like this with the coronavirus outbreak, supply chains are really being tested. So I just thought it'd be great to have you on and we can talk about the situation. But before we get into any of that, tell me where you're based and what the situation is like with you and how you're coping. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for having me on this. Um, We are based in London, Mumbai and Hyderabad with our main headquarters in London. Um, As of two weeks ago, everyone has been working from home. Um, So we took that decision quite early on um, because we, as a kind of tech company, have the luxury to be able to work from anywhere. Um, So we, I mean, we have adjusted quite fast to the change. Um, There are obviously challenges that it presents. Um, As of a couple of days ago, uh, much of our network in India um, has been on lockdown. So um, for us, really, um, we've been focusing in the last few weeks and will continue to on on building out our our platform um, in this period, given that production is um, on pause until, until the factories open back up again. And so how have you found working from home? I I think I understand that you've actually moved up to Norfolk to sort of escape everything. Yes, yes. We've actually just coincidentally came up for the weekend and then never was able to um, go back down to London. Um, We, I mean, we spend a lot of our our time as a team. I mean, there's 18 of us who work for Supply Compass. Um, We spend a lot of time on Google Hangouts or Zoom um, and and obviously Slack. Um, I think what we were actually noticing, we were talking about in our, we have a company meeting every morning for half an hour on Google Google Hangouts. And we actually all feel like we've, we've kind of more connected and speaking more and communicating almost better than when we were all sitting alongside each other in the office, which is a really interesting, the sense of kind of commute like community and um you know everyone's wanting to talk a lot more um because if you're sitting alone all day you know the you know, kind of connecting is, is a really important thing um and we're speaking you know I, we we all speak regularly to the brands that we work with and also our factory owners um just to see how they're getting on so lots of lots of time on the phone mm. um and so actually do you want to just give me a bit more background into your business what exactly is it that you do So we are essentially a product development and production management um, software for fashion brands and their supply chains. So we um, we basically um, 
have built the the platform that allows brands and manufacturers to communicate, work together, go through the whole design development iteration sampling process in one platform and right through to delivery. Um, And then underpinning this platform. So the platform is the core of our business, but underneath, under kind of underpinning that, we have a network of 200 plus um, manufacturers, uh, suppliers, mills across the globe with a focus um, on India at this stage. Um, so they, so you know, you you find factories with our, within our within our network through our system, and then you start working with them through our through the platform. Okay, so you're essentially sort of connecting the industry together and making it just a bit easier for fashion brands to actually get moving. Exactly. We we really, um, I mean, when we set out four years ago to start Supply Compass, what we, you know, me and my business partner spent the first two years uh, in India. We actually lived in Mumbai and um, spent most of our time on the road visiting factory after factory to understand. We understood there were issues brand side in, in, in how they, you know, the methods of finding factories, working with them, communicating the whole design development process and production management was was incredibly fragmented archaic offline and everyone had kind of everyone has their own way of of managing um the process and so we then took the time in india to understand what it was like for factories and we thought why is there not a system that sits in the middle in between these two these two parties or not just two parties every single person that feeds into the supply chain for that product um because if you if you build a system for one brand and it works for them then it needs to actually work for everyone in the ecosystem so um that's really what we set out set out to build is is find a way to make it easier and more efficient and more sustainable for brands and manufacturers to work together. Mm. So obviously through your business, you know quite well how these brands are operating, what supply chains are like, the ins and outs of everything. Um, So with coronavirus then, how are you seeing brands being impacted by this virus? I would say um, it's it's changing every day. I, I I I kind of have given my thoughts over the past few weeks, and every day I'm I'm seeing something different. I would say that now, obviously, there's so many factory closures that brands are slowing down and even having to cut their workforces. There is definitely a um, kind of hesitation to to commit to anything too far in the future I think you know no one knows how long this is going to go on for and what the long-lasting impacts are business still has to kind of continue to some extent so what we're seeing is um is a kind of cautiousness in committing to future orders um or, or really just putting putting that all on hold right now um but what what we are seeing is um, kind of brands being perhaps more open to exploring new technologies like Supply Compass um, in this mm. period as they're working from home. They've got more free time. We're doing way way more product demos of our platform, and and actually, you know, the fashion industry is so fast paced and you know whenever we speak to brands they're like I've got a million and one things to do I haven't got time to to learn to kind of adopt a new technology is often the kind of initial reaction and actually this slowdown um which is happening to everyone in every industry that is present presenting some potential opportunities to to look to new ways of doing things in this period so actually this virus is actually benefiting you in some way 
Well, I th- I wouldn't say we're, it's it's benefiting us. I think it's just presenting different opportunities, or or actually just giving us the time to speak to more brands and understand what really matters to them in this period. Um, I think it's a kind of period of tools down and researching and conversations rather than anything um, anything really. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far to say as it was a positive situation. We just have to look at some of the silver linings of situations like this, um, and yeah. Um, and so tell me more about the situation in India. Um, I actually haven't really heard about India in the news in regard to coronavirus. So do you have much insight on what it is like over there at the moment? Yeah, we do. I mean, beyond beyond speaking regularly to our partners, we have our team over there who who also are providing us with regular updates. Um, they the factories were open until a few days ago, and now there is a countrywide lockdown, much like the UK for for at least twenty one days. Which means that every factory is shut, every mill, every supplier, logistics are, are kind of frozen. So um, moving, you know, basically production is on hold um, as of now. Um, in terms of where they're at, in term, uh, with, with regards um, coronavirus, there, uh, it, it was, it was, it's a few months behind what happened in China. But we'll see. Um, they're they're taking all measures to make sure it doesn't become a um, se- as serious as some countries. But we'll see. Mm. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you mention that you work with any factories in China at all? We work with a couple of factories in China. Our focus is India, but we have strategically um, placed partners around the world for specific products. So we have a couple of partners there and they are open back up. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like I've heard that obviously I think they're over the peak of the virus and the factories are starting to um, start opening and working again. So So are we... Am I right in thinking that actually they're recovering quite well from what you've heard or not? Yes. However, the demand is not there. This is what they're saying to us. You know, they've opened back up, but yet European brands have gone on to lockdown, which is much where much of their business along with American brands as well. So really the fashion and industry, the garment supply chains depend on demand being there, on consumer demand, and it's just not there. So as soon as consumer confidence returns in purchasing behaviours with, with regards garments, then they will see the pickup, but they're being affected in different ways now. Mm. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I've actually heard that a lot um, over the last few days that when this virus kicked off initially, it was more of a supply issue. Um, Factories were shutting, they couldn't make stuff. But now because obviously sort of the Western world is on lockdown, no one really cares about shopping. No one's interested in buying new clothes. What are you going to wear if you're stuck indoors all day? And so actually it's now switching to a demand issue and that's quite a problem. Exactly. And I think, you know, I was speaking to one of my factory owners yesterday in, in India and, and I was asking his, you know, what his concerns and thoughts and challenges were. And he said, you know, even though even if we do open up again in three weeks, though it's still uncertain, the demand will he's like he really didn't think the demand was going to um come, going to kind of re- come back fast whatever happens it's going to be ga- gradual um so if demand is really not there for months on end then fa- you know the reality is is that factories will go under if there's if there's no demand mm. and it's an interesting one as well because if that is the case i'm sort of thinking well will it be as bad as that if everyone's in the same boat and everyone's going under 
is there not a chance that everyone's going to pick up at the same time if you know what I mean like I wonder if that's a possibility I hope so. I mean, what I hope is that people have been locked indoors for so long that then they come out and think, oh, I want my, I want to do all these things that I haven't been able to do. But, you know, if people, lots of people are being laid off, salaries are being cut, um, you know, then, then there's also less, less disposable income to be, to be spending on, on clothing. So mm. it's, it, what it really highlights is how interconnected, how much the fashion supply chain rely, how global it is really. Um, but even mm. just China, when it happened, just when, when supply chains were shutting up in China, the ripples that were felt across the industry. And then, you know, when the supply and demand side has, you know, it goes into lockdown, then I really, I, I it's so hard to hypothesize what it, what will happen when, when lockdown is over. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, in your opinion, from what you've seen, is there anyone in particular along the supply chain that's being more badly affected than someone else? I think you know it's so easy just to think about factories, but if you you have to go back to the, the raw, the kind of source of raw materials. In November, I was in um, Telangana. I was visiting an organic cotton farm, and the reality is that those farmers, if no one is buying their cotton, they are living on you know really really low salaries. Um, so if you just trace the supply chain right back to the start, where people are being paid the kind of the least and relying purely on one um on one uh you know product to sell the the impact is really really going to be being felt there Mm. um now is there anything that you think companies can do to mitigate the impact at all? Um, I think you recently released a statement about coronavirus and you mentioned that good relationships are key at a time like this. So just tell me more, more about what you think here. I mean, what I really, what I think is that in times like this, what's important is that you, um, you stick with your, with your factories and your supply chains and you understand, you know, you work with them to help them navigate out of it. I think what we, what we haven't seen in, in our network is, is, is a brand's cancelling orders. Um, we're seeing people pause and, and, and put things on hold, but not cancel. So just keeping those good buying practices up. This is what the government in the government, the ministry of, in India, the uh, the uh, government minister um, released a video a few days ago saying exactly this, which is kind of you know stick stick with your supply chains and you know behave behave in in the right way and get through this together. So I think you know the the what what we don't want to see brands doing within our network is is dropping their partners and and chasing the next factory that opens but we also understand that if you need to have products made you know you need to produce products you may need to scale up your production in one area of your supply chain but but kind of stay committed and keep those relationships strong with with your existing partners mm, I, well i think that's key because this is eventually going to blow over so in my opinion, there's no point in losing those good relationships over a situation of hopefully just a few months. So I think exactly what you're saying, people should just stick with it, don't panic, and then just ride it out and see where it goes. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, we will see flexibility from factories to accept lower order quantities to cater for this drop in demand. But keep, you know, when they open back up again, keep placing those orders, even if they are reduced, um, because even that will will keep, work, keep you know, help employ, employ um, workers in those factories. 
Mm. Um, now, I also wanted to talk with you about sustainability, because I think I understand that this is something that you care quite a lot about. Um, and I think you actually set up the brand partially because traditional supply chains just aren't that efficient or sustainable. Um now, I wanted to get your opinion on not just the textile and apparel industry, but I mean, what's your opinion on how this virus is actually affecting the environment? I mean, I personally have seen graphics of the pollution levels in China and how they have dropped significantly, the same with sort of um, air quality. So does part of you sort of think that actually maybe this has been a good thing for the world in general, maybe obviously not the textile industry, but actually maybe the environment is sort of bouncing back a bit because of this, even if we're all stuck indoors. Yeah, I mean, there's an undeniable positive impacts on the environment of everyone sitting sitting at home. I think uh, the reality is, is that when, when normality returns, it, it, we can't keep these levels. Uh, what, what, like there was, you know, before before the outbreak, there was some really exciting um, kind of changes and goals set by so many different brands and organisations across the world with regard to sustainability. I really felt that 2020 was the year for fashion to start really taking action in the right areas and so it this is a setback in terms of those goals being able to be met and at the same like you know right now for lots of brands their priority is is how do I stay alive as, as a brand or how you know the sustainability element um unfortunately gives way to kind of the need to survive um what, what I what I am hopeful is that it will get reprioritized when when things get back up and running and actually I I hope that people will see the um you know how easy it actually was to change their behaviors and do things and react to a time like this and actually making you know perhaps some more impactful changes can be brought about by governments as as we start to rebuild the industry when when everyone comes back um it's 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 hard to say at the moment a lot of the events within the within sustainability in the fashion space have been postponed till later on in the year um but i i'm i'm hopeful I'm hopeful that it actually maybe give it, gives it that kind of extra extra bit of boost when everyone comes back around. Now, moving on, some people are suggesting that we should use this time, like you say, to reflect on current practices, to make them better and stronger so that if this ever does happen again, we'll hopefully be somewhat ready for it. So how would you advise people to prepare for a post-coronavirus world? And, and what changes do you think people should definitely make if they if they're able to? Great question. Um, a few things, actually. I think what I reflected on immediately with um, with the outbreak was um, this this idea of uh, you know a hundred percent transparent supply chain, which is something that the fashion industry has been pushing for um, across the board for for many years, particularly since the the Rana Plaza disaster. Um, but I think what became apparent when the initial outbreak happened in China was that lots of brands still weren't weren't sure where the entirety of their supply chain was. They didn't know that they weren't necessarily aware that um you know their mill may have been in china and so that was being closed down even if their production was in another country so for me what's really important is advice for brands is know your supply chain and not just your just your kind of bulk production factory every single um unit that is feeding into feeding into production so really mapping the supply chain and so that you can anticipate and mitigate risk um before you know to limit to limit the amount of damage it has when if and when this happens again um so i think that as a a starting point um 
I think really looking to technology. Um, there are some amazing tools out there. We may well go through another period of lockdown. We don't know. And so, you know, thinking what tools can I adopt as a business to if my factory shuts down again for six weeks? You know, there's some amazing tools out there like Clo3D, D Browseware, you know, adopting a 3D, um, 3D sampling, um, way of working into your business or at least trialing it out so that actually your whole design development can be done digitally until that point you place your order um and and taking this time you know if people are you know, will be working from home um for an extended period of time again then looking at what what tools you know like what is a little bit like what we've built with supply compass is how can you work together and collaborate more efficiently wherever you are in the world we ne- we don't know what may happen comes out the back of this is that actually brands realize oh we can be a bit more flexible with our with remote working and actually we can allow our design teams to work from wherever for x number of days a year or even you know part mm. part time and so the need to look to tools to um facilitate that more easily obviously there's video conferencing software which is great but from a designer's perspective there's um, you know the whole process of collaborating in the design in in design and then going through sampling fit um fit feedback and um and approvals how how you can digitize that, those processes as well i mean i think if you're trying to be an optimistic person in a situation like this i think it's it's given us the time the breathing space to rethink things and hopefully people can change their ways and actually do it for the better so yeah i think that i think that's great advice <laughs> i really i really, i believe i believe in um you know basically everyone has been forced to change their behaviors overnight in quite a drastic way and look how quickly and easily everyone has adopted to doing that for those who who are able to work from home and so if you can do that think about the possibilities for other changes that you can make just like that and I think there will be um we should we should all make the most of this kind of openness to new ways of doing things because it's a period you know you will get back to life as it was before and everyone then gets stuck back in their routines and their ways and get you know you get fixed again and so mm. you know, this this period of kind of flux to experiment and and think differently and turn things on their heads Mm. And it's not even just the way businesses run in a way. Like I think in the UK, for example, there's for years and years, we've been working a sort of eight, nine till five day in an office, maybe an hour's lunch, half an hour lunch. And it's a very rigid structure. And for me specifically, I've loved being working from home. I can sort of do a workout in the garden. I can spend more time with my family. And like you said, when all this blows over, actually, it would be nice because we've now trialed working from home and it's so far it's successful actually it might have better um, impacts on our mental health and our just on our daily routines as well I think that's something that's sort of great to um, experiment with at a time like this couldn't agree more couldn't agree more I think that it uh, it will be hard for people to go back 100% to, to the ways of doing things before so it'll be really interesting to see what what happens in terms of work-life balance off the back of this mm. um now I have another question for you and it's a pretty tricky one to answer really but do you think that the fashion industry can pull through this and recover to the levels it was before all of this hit 
In the short term, I think it's 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 there's some huge the impact is is huge. Um, I think it will pull through. I think it will just look different out the other side. I don't know what that different looks like at this stage. I I think it may be a more agile, more interconnected, more digitized fashion industry that has some scars and some bruises from this experience and some casualties. Um, but actually, this may be a catalyst for huge change in an industry that um, that has needed to change. For 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 ages, so I'm again. I'm going to remain the the optimist, but there will be there will no doubt be casualties along the way. And, and finally, on a much lighter note, how are you going to make the most of the time that we have in isolation, and what are you going to do to celebrate once this all blows over? <laughs> I mean, I keep um, my my brother who works in in beer is having beer is having a great moment right now. Everyone is drinking. I think I'm going to celebrate <laughs> by drinking in a pub. Um, I think I've you know running a running a small business like this. We unfortunately working from home doesn't mean working less. It actually probably has you know because we have to a- adapt our business accordingly. I think there's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to perhaps breaking up my day more, being out and about. So um, I, I, I I'm I'm excited for that moment, but probably getting on my bike and going for a cycle. <laughs> well, I think that sounds like a really good plan to me. I think I'll be doing something quite similar. Um, well, Flora, thanks again for taking the time to be on our podcast today. Stay safe and have a lovely rest of your day. Brilliant. Thank you so much. <laughs>